horror fans, welcome back to Selling the Scream. I'm Jed Donaldson, one of your hosts. With me today, as ever, is my co-host, the devil's favorite demon, Josh Yoakum. How you doing, Josh? I'm I'm doing well. Uh, I'm glad to be somebody's favorite something. That actually kind of makes me feel a little warm inside. Yeah, it's sweet, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, how are you? You know, I'm here. Uh, you know, bringing that positive energy that we always bring to the beginning of every selling the scream episode oh yeah that's uh yeah. that's that's one of our hallmarks is uh no bummers of a beginning <laughs> high, high energy full positivity um but yeah you know what though i think maybe it's not going to be my job to bring that this week because this week we've got a special guest oh we've been joined who, a, who is joining us a first timer on the podcast but a long time listener she's a, she's a girl just just a girl no one special. I mean, she's married to me, so I guess that's something. It's uh, it's my wife, Lisa Donaldson. How you doing, Lisa? I'm good. How are you, babe? Hey. <laughs> Hello. Um, <laughs> for that sterling intro, yeah. Uh, yeah, good to talk to you, Lisa. It's, and it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> as as Stained would say. As Stained would say, yes. <laughs> yeah, probably probably haven't talked to her at all since you moved out there, huh? Just the occasionally saying hi uh, before our show started, but yeah, it's, it's nice Locked to have you on. In the background. Yeah, just checking in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad glad to have you on to to do do this. It's uh it's pretty awesome. It's we've kind of had a little bit of a hiatus here um, between episodes because I we recorded our last one before I went on a vacation. Uh, had a friend come out here and uh, in, in true Josh Yoakum fashion. Uh, I plan to go to a, a beautiful national park and stay by the northern entrance. Uh, did not look up that the northern entrance was under about four and a half feet of snow um, in, in, in mid-April. So how, how exactly do you go about planning a trip and not checking the weather? <laughs> well, the weather there is great, but you, there's only access through the southern entrance and the western entrance, which the closest of those would have been an additional like hundred and something mile drive, like around the whole park. I still feel <laughs> like that's something you would have learned by looking up the location. <laughs> uh, well, I think the people who like sold me the things I was renting out there, they, you know, they, um, <laughs> they, they were more than happy to take advantage. And I, I got a good oh, deal yeah. on that stuff and we found stuff to do. So you know, it was a good time. It was it was awesome. So a lot of fuck you got mine going around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you guys? You've been up to anything in this hiatus? Uh, not not a hell of a lot. Uh, we certainly didn't go to any national parks and have our trip ruined <laughs> because of ill planning, which I honestly don't think is a possibility considering how much my wife loves to plan. Oh, I was just waiting to say, Josh, do you need me to help you show show you how to uh, plan <laughs> trips? I'm currently planning like three getaways, uh, four maybe for the next like 18 months. So. Well, oddly enough, the only thing I love more than doing something on vacation is doing nothing on vacation. So <laughs> it actually kind of worked out for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, serendipity. <laughs> Yeah, I, about the only uh, new thing we got going on around here is we uh, we adopted a cat. Mm -hmm. Ooh. We got a little kitty cat running around here uh, named her Freya. Nice, nice. Um, she, I didn't know this beforehand. Uh, she was a cat who had been, like, outside, like, almost a feral cat before. 
Yeah. Um, and she had spent the past year like in a in a foster home. Um, so, so she's teaching her dog to smoke. <laughs> yeah, she's a bad <laughs> influence. Um, I I've had several cats throughout my life, and I never thought twice about bringing them into the house and how they were going to integrate into the house and you know making making sure they were comfortable and fit in well with everything that was going on. Like normally it was just oh I found a uh, this lady at work had a box of cats here. <laughs> Take one, <laughs> take it home, and then you have a cat. That's, that's pretty much been the. I think that's accurate. So. <laughs> yeah. Along and short of it, but um, with this one, we went through um, went through an agency, and uh, it seemed like a much more involved process than I would have thought. Like, there's a lot of questionnaires, and we almost had to have like an in-house visit. And I'm like, what? It's a it's a it's cat, a cat. Right? <laughs> that's for adoption at the. Store. Are we not good enough to have a cat? <laughs> I mean, the only real concern was we do have several other animals in the house. Yeah. Um, a, a rather large collie. Um, my my niece has a couple ferrets. Um, so it was a little little bit of concern about how they would get along. Uh, and funnily enough, cat loves the dog. Yeah. It's, not quite sure what to do with us yet. Yeah, she's a little bit <laughs> mad about us, but whenever she sees the dog, she's like, hey, what's happening? Let's go lay down and sleep. <laughs> so for for I, I, two weeks, we were concerned that she was just going to stay hidden or in her little uh, cubby hole the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, like we didn't bring you in here to eat our food <laughs> and be on like shelter from the weather. You have jobs mm-hmm. to do, too, which is cuddles. Yes. <laughs> And being adorable. Yes. <laughs> and if you're not going to put up, then you're going to get out. Well, I, I your your collie is very energetic, so I almost wonder, like, if that might also kind of be a blessing for you guys, like, that your dog's got a best friend. <laughs> it's really, it's quite nice sometimes, yes, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly good stuff, and, and she is getting better. She's been here for almost a month now, and uh, it feels like she's kind of settling in. She's still a little skittish. Uh, but we can actually pet her and stuff now. She's still not at the point where she wants to sit in your lap or anything like that, but she's not running away from us, <laughs> which is progress. Yeah. So I think this is this is normally about the time where I ask if, like, this is the podcast where we talk about, like, cuddly animals. And, but, like, I think, honestly, I, I could probably go on like this for quite a bit, but I think our our listeners, they probably tuned, they saw the, the name of the movie scrolling across the, the screen. Right. They didn't. <laughs> well, here's... <laughs> Here's where I kind of have to, you know, uh, unveil some news is that we're making a pivot here at Selling the Scream, <laughs> and we are now going to be strictly talking about cuddly animals. <laughs> um, it's a bigger market. We're not changing the title or anything like that. Uh, I, I may change what the little blurb of the description is, but, you know, who, who knows? Uh, people, who, people who want this uh, material will find it. <laughs> But yeah, we've 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 got a, a movie to talk about. We've got a uh, Hello Mary Lou Prom Night Two. Uh, I think I think you mean uh, Prom Night Two Hello Mary Lou. <laughs> as it as is, as it is known in some markets. <laughs> yeah, this is yet another in a long tradition of horror movies that um, has different titles depending on where it got put out and was not uh even written as a prom night movie it was uh it was kind of gobbled up by that studio who oh no hold hold on (laughs) 
That's fine that it wasn't written as a prom night movie, but I mean, the whole movie is based around prom night, so. <laughs> well, I think some things were some things were changed. So it's um, this was originally a script called Haunting of Hamilton High, and they started putting together funding for it, and uh, the 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 interest was gathered from the folks who did the original prom night, and they were like, hey, that's set in high school it's about a dance like i thought want I thought, some money i thought maybe the studio decided that it needed that bump from the name recognition of the original prom night <laughs> well yeah i think there's a little bit of that too but like they 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 bought it under the pretense like oh this is kind of like a, a built-in sequel there's you'll, you'll find like a decent amount of that in horror where like most of the hellraiser sequels were not written as hellraiser movies they were like Right. Other scripts, and they're just like, oh, can you get some Cenobites in there? Um, just, maybe <laughs> slam some of those freaky sex demons in there? <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit about the first prom night um, and, and kind of the rest of the series, because uh, we will probably okay. not be co- covering the rest of the prom night movies on this show. Slow because... your roll just a little bit, because we, okay. okay. we do have a guest on the on the show, and, and you know, she watched this movie with me. She expressed yeah. interest yeah. in watching this movie with me, because I think primarily because How Did This Get Made, another podcast covered this. Yes. Um, so I kind of, you know, I know a lot about her. She's she's my wife, so that's to be expected. Mm-hmm. But maybe some of our fans and listeners want to know a little bit about her kind of background with horror movies. Yeah, let's, 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 uh, let's get into that a little bit. So what um, I know, I think kind of like my knowledge is just that Jed's, watch some of these with you have you have you watched much horror stuff kind of before this show was a part of your husband's life (laughs) (laughs) honestly not that much i'm not the biggest horror fan that's not really true how about there's certain things i can't watch because i get the nightmares even as an adult woman i'm like nope can't watch this i feel like her (laughs) her background with horror is pretty similar to what mine is and that she may have seen some of the bigger names that came yeah. through and be familiar with at least some of the other stuff but just uh, early on kind of decided this was not something for her for her mm-hmm. um maybe not having and where we diverge a, a little bit here is i think that i always kind of maintained an interest in that sort of thing even though yeah. i didn't want to watch the movies but she kind of does not go in for those sort of things at all. I know stuff like zombies, really not her bag. No. Although I'm familiar with tons and tons of things, but sitting down and watching everything, I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Let me know what you think, and then I'll I'll listen to you. Okay. <laughs> so, like, what, um, what would be an example of a movie that, like, a horror movie that you have seen in the past? Well, of course, my brain has gone blank. I don't, we've seen, I've seen, Dawn of the Dead. Actually, I saw Poltergeist when I was way too young to watch Poltergeist. Right. Oh, yeah. So I was excited when you guys did that. <laughs> yeah, you, you watched that one with me. Yes. That was the movie that made me need a nightlight when I was little. That's okay. how young I was. <laughs> I, I honestly, you know, I said it during the episode, I, I was not expecting that one to be as intense as it ended up being. So mm-hmm. I could oh, yeah. that. P- PG certainly meant a different thing. In uh, in 1982, <laughs> than it means today. <laughs> so you watched you have you watched like Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street any of those movies? You know what I would say my first of those was I actually went to the theater and saw Freddy versus Jason. Okay. 
(laughs) I hadn't seen any of the others, and I don't know why I saw that one. You probably went with friends. I did, and... I can't imagine you going to the theater by yourself to go see that movie. Yeah, I was ready to go then. (laughs) And it was not super scary, it was funny yeah, yeah. I, I am finding more and more <laughs> that there is a, a lot of comedy in in horror films mm-hmm. yeah i think that one too was um, intentional or otherwise <laughs> well that was just such an event when that one came out i remember because it it was kind of before the landscape now where there's like a million crossovers and right. you know, like, shared universes and stuff it's like what it's like king kong <laughs> versus godzilla <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's it's i i enjoy that one quite a bit um, but we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna see what you thought about. Oh, this is a. I, I love this movie, but I, I, I will admit it is a lot. <laughs> if you're, yeah, if see, you're not ready for it. <laughs> see there, I, I feel like, and, and we will get into specifics and stuff. But I, just as a kind of a, an initial opinion, having watched the whole thing now, um, I listened to the How Did This Get Made episode as well, and typically the stuff in that show sounds bananas like it just sounds like really wild off the wall stuff for the most part you know yeah. stuff that you can kind of dig into and pick and pick apart and make fun of a little bit um and there is that sort of stuff in here but i found upon watching it that this movie was a lot more um coherent than i expected given the amount of razzing that they gave it on that show Oh yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely of a piece. It's I think we kind of talked about that with um even last time talking about kind of what differentiated like a movie like Cruel Jaws from um Dial Code Santa Claus, where Dial Code Santa Claus is just amazing. It but it's like it's 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 part of why it's so good is there's that vision throughout, and I think that's here too. I think that's it is. Which we're going to get into how it was made and and the fact that it is that is kind of astounding. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, this um, this was the sequel to Prom Night. Prom Night, I I love slashers. Slashers are like my guilty pleasure, and I love the early slashers before they figured out kind of the formula. That's like my absolute jam. And then there's a bunch of weird Canadian ones. Prom Night is the weird Canadian early slasher that I hate because it is so boring. It is like, <laughs> it is Jamie Lee Curtis disco dancing for like 40 minutes. That's the movie. Like, <laughs> if, if that sounds appealing to you, check it out. Like that, it might be up your alley, but that's, I that mean, is that like. sounds like thing. it was elevated above the source material to me, but. <laughs> She's a good dancer. She's a good dancer. Her, her, the, her co-star is not. Um, but I actually, I, I did a, a service for you guys and I rewatched the rest of the prom night series to see if I changed my opinion on any of the other movies. Oh, still God. awful. Oh. Still boring. Um, how many, how many are there in the prom night series? Um, f- there's four in a remake. Um, I did not rewatch the remake. The remake is maybe one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen in my life. It's a, <laughs> it's a PG 13 slasher from 2008. That is just Which, trying which, to get that money. Yeah, it was kind of in the wake when they were doing like the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, the remakes and Texas Chainsaw. And it was just, I have mixed feelings about those movies, but this is like below even the really awful Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Um, So is there, is there connective tissue between the prom night one and prom night two? So here's the connective tissue. Um, They're set at a high school called Hamilton High. Uh, they also feature the acting talents of Brock Simpson, who in this movie plays Josh. Brock Simpson? 
Brock Simpson. <laughs> yes, very close, very close. I, oh, that was a joke. Okay, okay. I really, I, I'm. Was it? <laughs> Seems like it barely qualified. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think this one is pretty, pretty cool. The the part three is, is a continuation of the Mary Lou story. And it's actually made by the writer and part director of this one. Um, it's way more of an intentional comedy. If you want to see a movie where um, somebody is killed by having their hands stabbed with ice cream cones and then turned into a banana split, um, Prom Night 3, that's the, that's the movie oh for you. Oh, my God, that's the movie for me. <laughs> um, I'm listening. <laughs> every, every time Mary Lou shows up in that one, just a sexy saxophone starts playing. Um, <laughs> so Mary Lou is con- continues on from this one. She does. It's it's completely new cast though, so it's a different Mary Lou, and and she's same same character, different actor. Yeah, <laughs> not and, just and, a coincidental another ghost named Mary Lou. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and then four is a goes back to being like a slasher, and it's about a a murderous priest, and it's also again starring Brock Simpson and set at Hamilton High School. Um, Brock okay. Simpson, he's the the budget Ryan Reynolds or the proto Jamie Kennedy. Type. Yeah, yes, the um there's there's some very exact Ryan Reynolds deliveries in this movie that are just like <laughs> he had to have been taking notes. The, you know, the Ryan Reynolds or Brock Simpson. <laughs> well, this was made before Ryan Reynolds like I know, I'm just saying there started. may have been some sort of time travel hijinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's my duty as an American high schooler. <laughs> They're both Canadian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I, I I get it. Brock Brock Simpson, he's in all four of them because he's such a good actor, and also his dad is the producer. Does, so he far. dies in this one though? Oh, he's different characters in all three, or in all four of them. Sorry. Oh, all right. Well, I guess <laughs> that's one way to do it. Okay. <laughs> is he different characters though, or or is he same character with a different name? Well, he's he's little in Prom Night One. He's like he's one of the kids in the flashback for like the inciting incident for the movie. Um, in part three, he's like a doofus cop that gets kidnapped. And then in part four, he's a doofus priest that's get, that gets killed at the very beginning, guarding the killer priest. Yeah, <laughs> so, so that's that sounds like he's the same character. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of, yeah. I mean, the first one is just kind of a, a 12-year-old, but, <laughs> you know. A doofus uh, 12-year-old. He's Mary yeah. Lewis, and he keeps coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, the only other thing I want to touch on really with this getting made is, is Bruce Pittman's the director. It was written by a guy named Ron Oliver, both prolific people. Um, Ron Oliver got like brought back in to do like reshoots because they had like two hours of footage. They thought about an hour of it worked and they needed to fix and replace the stuff that didn't work. So he came in and, and kind of jazzed up some of the stuff. Um uh, fun fact about him, he, you had mentioned kind of, you'd been a joke about, uh, before we went on air, but Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, he was a, he was a writer and director on that. And he also did, um, the, uh, the Goosebumps, like stuff too, so. All right. Well, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I mean, I guess they kind of have the same feel. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of that. It's a, it's a low budget gauzy feel. I think there's a lot of fun stuff here, but it's it's not. This doesn't look like a high budget, <laughs> glossy movie. This looks no, low budget. Uh, one of the first things that stood out to me um, really early on, uh, that kind of faded into the background as the movie went on, was that I really was not 
digging the camera work. It was very, very dull and just kind of stodgy, like not not a lot of energy, not a lot of um, excitement. It was just very like static shots and really well, vanilla, yeah, really vanilla pans and things like that, which is it's not normally something I pick up on, but it just this movie felt very much like it would have been on television, not something that would you would see in the theaters. Yeah, it's um, I I think as the movie picks up and kind of goes on, it kind of gets progressively a little nuttier in, in how it's made too. Like there's a, there's a whole Evil Dead thing at the end where like the camera goes like flying to Mary Lou's grave and stuff. There's there's like some ambitious stuff. There there are a couple scenes that I think are are really very interesting, but like I yeah. said early on, that really stuck out to me that the camera work was so dull, and that's that's not something that normally jumps out at me at all. Yeah, there's also just like there's a lot of weird framing and choices. Like there, the, what always sticks out to me is when they're in the diner and they're just like they're both sitting on the same side of the table. Right. And it's just like, oh, you just wanted to like set up one camera, like. Because <laughs> later on they're in the same diner and they're sitting on opposite sides. So why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're growing apart. That's how the director conveys that. Um, I hear you are giving them a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ron Oliver also um, was married to his husband by Udo Kier. So I guess that's <laughs> that's a fun fact about that dude. Yeah, I mean, nothing to do with this movie, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, getting into kind of the movie itself, we've kind of, kind of already started a little bit here. But um, yeah, we start with a in, a in a flashback. We start well, we start with like some location shots, and then we go into 1957 and we meet young. Mary Lou Maloney um, in the confessional booth. Um, so how, how did this opening scene grab you guys? <laughs> uh, she's she was very much hamming it up. <laughs> uh, it seems oh, yeah. like that's kind of the kind of the vibe she has throughout the whole movie. But um, I don't know. It's it's this was part like one of the scenes where it really kind of the camera work kind of stuck out to me because it was just very much I don't know. It just seemed really old-fashioned <laughs> very very much seemed like a, a a function of being you know what time the time period the movie was filmed in yeah i mean i, I think there's some aesthetic choices about like conveying 1957 just by having everything be red like that's right. that's that's right. the color filter you pick for like old timeies yeah. um but i i really like her uh just this establishing her here. I think she's a really cool horror icon because she's not a, she's not a killer before she dies. She's just vexed. She's Mary Lou is a hoe. <laughs> she's a sexually adventurous young woman. She's, uh, she knows what I said. What I said. She's very confident. <laughs> no, I, I did like the, you know, I, I don't know. Many times. Many boys, many. I don't really understand why she went, the, why we started off in the confessional, but it was kind of cool. There was a cool scene to have her like write her, you know, call me for a good time with her phone number mm-hmm. in the confessional booth with lipstick, you know. <laughs> yep, Ron Oliver's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, she's. I, I think she's an awesome because she's just basically before she dies. Before we get into like the the slasher part of her career, she's just kind of a a bitchy, sexy girl. Like she's you know just really 
confident and she is her own person and she's gonna do whatever so <laughs> <laughs> she goes to prom with uh with one oh i'm sorry you did ask connective thread through all the prom night movies there's one other thing uh all of the prom night movies feature the line it isn't who you come with it's who takes you home so <laughs> <laughs> okay all right <laughs> That's we get a little bit of that here where um, she goes with Bill Nordham, who, you know, uh, I, I don't know why they let 35 year olds take high school girls <laughs> oh, to, to the prom. Not, he should not have been there. Now, that was not OK. Now, Josh, <laughs> as, a, as a man who started losing his hair fairly young, <laughs> I can't believe you're going to dog on this guy. I mean, he's also got a pretty... A pretty older looking face too. He's uh, mm-hmm. he, he yeah. Michael Ironside's playing 48. This is who Bill Nordham ends up growing up when we get into the present. Um, but yeah, they I think they were so leaning into hey, this is gonna be Michael Ironside's that they like cast as younger, his like three years younger brother or something. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely could have been siblings, not uh, you know, not father son. <laughs> <laughs> or same person 30 right, years yeah, no, later. Yeah, that's what I mean is much closer in age than. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, you know, with the events in this movie, this being a 1987 movie and the uh, the past events being in 1957, got me thinking about, like, if this was made today, it'd be 1991. Uh, we're, we're further away from 1987 than they were from 57. Oh. Um what do you think it would be called? I was I was looking at song titles from that year, and I I, I think Prom Night Two, Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Is that a okay? Go with, go with that one. I <laughs> know. I think that that could that could work. That's pretty good. <laughs> or um, a gender flip it and do a do a male Mary Lou and have it be Prom Night Two, do the Bart Man. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it's unfair for you to put us on the spot here with a bit that you clearly researched <laughs> our mind and find song titles from that year. I'm sorry, it just the concept tickled me and I, I kind of fell down a rabbit hole, guys. <laughs> well, you can some good ones there. Not gonna lie. Um, but what do you like? Hey, we we get this. So the inciting incident of this movie, there's a, there's a couple stink bomb boys. <laughs> Yeah, they, uh, they're they're doing things. Complain to their dealer about the <laughs> bomb that they got, because uh, I, I think he gave them some some busted stuff. <laughs> I'm not sure if that bomb did what it was supposed to do. Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm kind of wondering about Mary Lou's dress, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but uh, Ed, Ed uh, fine, or, I'm sorry, Bill. Bill finds this uh, after he's been jilted by Mary Lou. She goes and. Uh, behind his back, behind the uh, prom stage, gets with uh, Bud Cooper. Um, which, uh, I, boy, this uh, this scene of this is the closest you're ever gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in hot. Coming Smell in hots. my hand. <laughs> <laughs> which are, I mean, this is. I I know Mary Lou. There's nothing wrong with you know a woman being sexually active and stuff. As like that doesn't make her slutty, but. I do feel that she's kind of a bitch for like, oh, totally. yeah, absolutely. He did she's, come with what? Why did she come with this guy? If she was not interested in, in being with him. Yeah, and he yeah, said no, at she's, one point, like, Oh, we haven't been that close. Like, yeah. We've not even gone that far. Yeah, like, 
I don't think she likes you, man. <laughs> also, his, his, she doesn't know that rich. to him. No. <laughs> she likes him because his daddy's rich, and that makes him cool. Uh, not cool enough, apparently. Well, I mean, if, if you're wealthy enough to uh, land your jo- your son a job as a principal at a high school. That he committed um, murder at. <laughs> How do you not move away? Come on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Mary Lou gets, gets crowned prom queen. But before she can get her crown and cape, uh, Bill decides to get up in the rafters and throw this stink bomb at her and ruin her party. But this, didn't this count seems- on her... Uh, this seems like a very Bartman thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't count on her her dress being made out of uh, old rags and crepe paper. <laughs> or, or the bomb just being filled with absolute napalm. <laughs> I, you know, this is, you know, watching this kind of did uh, remind me of Arrested Development, where, you know, she should have leaned away from the flame because she's soaked in alcohol. <laughs> He was drinking pretty heavily, Josh. She, yeah, she was. Uh, but she goes up, and again, this is—I feel like this is something we're gonna say in a lot of horror movies because stuntmen are lunatics. Uh, at the time, the longest sustained burn on film. I think the record was broken like three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's it's a really cool stunt. I I, I think it's pretty awesome, and mm-hmm. like I I really love the the shot of the of her catching him. Uh, right, yeah, looking as over she's being engulfed in flames. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seeing who did it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, the um, we we also the the beginning also establishes one of her catchphrases, which will be important later on because it's a possession movie. The see you later. Later, alligator. Alligator. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything in this opening part you guys also kind of noticed and wanted to touch on as she gets burned and we we then we jump from the this all takes place by the way in a trunk in the the in the wardrobe department at this high school that also has a ballet department i don't i don't know if you guys noticed oh yeah. <laughs> i thought okay are we still at school ballet classes <laughs> happening next to like some sort of art studio <laughs> seem that big but it's really they got money, I it's guess. A, you only ever see, you know, establishing shots of the front of the school. It, it goes back. Oh, okay. Right. They have the ballet back. wing, the arts yeah. wing. Yeah. <laughs> Their Suspiria program. <laughs> um. no, I don't think we need to cover... I think we can move quickly through this. I mean, we, okay. establishing thing is that, yeah. uh, you know, she was killed by her jilted boyfriend accidentally, you know, whatever. I, I do find it strange that... That Bud Cooper shares in the blame... What yes, we did what we did to her. Yeah, later on, sure. Yeah, that, that I didn't realize it was the same guy at first. <laughs> I was like, well, what's, what's her deal with the priest? Why does she hate him so much? And it's thinking about it, it still doesn't make sense. But I mean, what I was really getting at is like they did no sort of punishment for <laughs> the man who threw the bomb. <laughs> he just well, that, it just came from somewhere. They don't they don't. Well, I think he pinned it on the stink bomb boys. <laughs> There's a trail of evidence pointing that bomb back to them. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I I would suspect them of being the killers in the future then. <laughs> um, but yeah, we 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 flash forward and we meet our main characters in in present time in 1987. Um, Vicky Vicky Carpenter is our, our our lead here, played by Wendy Lyon. Uh, what you guys? What you guys think of Vicky? 
And she was also too old to be a high school student. Yeah, I said, <laughs> she's probably like 38 years old in this movie. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of whatever she's doing to her hair at the beginning of this movie. The, like, like 14, 14 side ponytails. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> There's a lot of architecture involved that I don't really get. Absolutely. That's a lot of hair. There's a lot of crimping. It's an exciting <laughs> time for a girl in the 80s. <laughs> We, we're, we haven't gotten to the champion yet, though. The the hair champion of this movie will be introduced soon. Um, yeah. She's only here for a short time, but we got to enjoy it while, while it's here. <laughs> um, we get parents straight from a Twisted Sister video. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mom, mom's back from her meeting with the su- other suffragettes. The, <laughs> she's mm-hmm. from Seneca Falls. She's <laughs> um, and dad just wants his daughter to be happy. Yeah, yeah. We got the her uh, her boyfriend Craig, who is we find out uh, Bill Nordham's son, who is her crazy motorcycle riding boyfriend. <laughs> I didn't understand like why they were okay with letting her go with him now, if he needed to have a sidecar to take her to prom. <laughs> yeah, he could, they can hang out all the time, but the idea of them going to prom just was just crazy pants. And this guy is like the most tame high schooler ever oh yeah he's he has a motorcycle but like he doesn't deserve that motorcycle josh (laughs) yeah he he reads like a guy who's like that's the one interesting thing like if you go on his facebook it's just it's like oh every single picture is you and your motorcycle Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) really really trying hard to get accepted (laughs) i feel like he spent a lot of time stuffed in lockers (laughs) We've got uh, Kelly Hennenlauter, uh, the the rival. We find out that Vicky is in, in consideration for, for prom queen, although she doesn't really seem to care about it at all. Uh, yeah, Kelly's... Never, like, we never hear anything about it from her. We only hear about it from her supposed rival. <laughs> I, I, I guess we I, hear a little bit about it from uh, Vicky's uh, sitcom mom of a best friend. Monica Waters? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She has a great joke. I, I love the joke that she has where she's like, why don't guys ask me out? And then the guy behind her is like, Monica, can I talk to you after school? She's like, get lost, asshole. I, I laughed at that and then turned to Lisa and said, that was pretty good. <laughs> I, I think my favorite thing with Kelly is the is her like dragging Vicky as she walks by by loudly talking about a dress she's getting from Sears. <laughs> a, little, a little Spanish number from Sears. From Sears. Okay. The international international women's department at Sears. <laughs> um, we get we get we get Josh, our 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 date rapey jokester. Um, who? <laughs> yeah, he's a he is a, an '80s comedy movie character just shoved in here. <laughs> well, yeah, talking about. Uh, his his radio getting inserted into the annals of history, mm-hmm. and we all know how painful that can be. You know how painful that can be, yeah. <laughs> and doing his his tight five minutes in the front of the sidelines. <laughs> and um, I, I think I saved the best for last year. Uh, guys, let's talk about Jess. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, bring it on. Um, Jess is here. Jess is a. Robert Smith from The Cure Build-A-Bear is Ooh. my best guess. Yes, that's very good. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 I see it, I see it. 
Um, geez. It's like a, a quilt came to life and got like animated by a lion. Like just. Um, okay, what else you got? <laughs> if if Joan Cusack got stretched out and electrocuted, that's. That's good too. <laughs> that's 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 the vibe we get with J- Jess is in a movie that's very 80s. Jess is like the concentrated dose. That's the one like your your 80s dealer tells you to stay away from. You're not ready yet. <laughs> so you're not gonna hit the obvious Joan Electric Cusack. <laughs> <laughs> set you up. I set you up. <laughs> I know, man. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, but all this establishing stuff. Uh, leads into the Vicky deciding to go and, and look for prom supplies in the theater department. And she opens this, the same trunk that we saw at the beginning and that, and, and gets the crown and cape out um, from the prom queen. She knows burned to death. They t- they're, they're talking about it literally minutes later. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little, a little confused as to what the, the souvenirs. Yeah. <laughs> And, and what the what the costume trunk has to do with anything? <laughs> like, I guess that you want to have some sort of uh, item that can show things are you know veering into the strangeness that that comes. I guess I can kind of see that, but there just really wasn't. Yeah. I, I think you know we kind of talked about it a little bit with like Phantasm and even like Nightmare on Elm Street, but like Wendy Lou's whole deal is kind of like a David S. Pumpkins thing. It's just that's part of it, like. It, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand. I understand what the what the purpose of the costume chest was. I just I question like the choice of using that particular item as the thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it just kind of makes for a neat look when it opens and shuts, and sure. they, can, they can put the lighting effects on it and stuff. It's, it's a it's, it's just a, it's nitpicky for me. Like I, like I said, I <laughs> I understand what it is and why it's there. I just don't understand the choice of that particular. The item as the device that it's being used for. But the uh, the the thing that that truly wakens Mary Lou's spirit though is as Jess starts prying apart her crown and pops the jewel out. Yeah. Um. And we we get our our death scene here. Uh. How, how did this uh opening death scene? This. Have you guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is one of those you know. I don't want to continually refer back to how did this get made, but that I mean like I said that is where Lisa and I you know, had exposure to this movie before actually watching it. And, uh, and they're, they're, they're fucking right on the money when they talk about how absurd this death scene is. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's pretty nuts. And, and the, they do the time honored eighties tradition of establishing that she's pregnant before they immediately kill her off, which. Woo, right. uh, yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> you can't bring that in <laughs> for a movie. That's like, fairly light like there's there's some weird stuff in it but it's like it's yeah it's the tone is the tone is very campy yes and it's yeah but this i mean this is not something that you couldn't have in a high school movie a movie about high school like that's the sort of thing that could be there um but i will agree that it is it is very much a different tone from how the rest of the movie is yes so they they do the I I love that it, like there's an explosion of confetti because they just have bags of confetti this, around no, the room. It wasn't confetti. It was it was chopped paper from the the paper the big paper chopper that they had. Uh, <laughs> so she, well, it's, it was a lot of chopped paper. 
Yeah, I mean, it was, sure. I mean, that was in the <laughs> maybe <art> they <laughs> maybe they were saving it up for use at prom or whatever. That's a, <laughs> a that's a perfectly reasonable explanation yeah. for it. But so so Jess is here. Uh, she's staying late, which uh, also I thought was really weird that the teacher or principal or somebody just kind of like, hey, lock up when you're done. Which oh, that's 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 ADR work. After they 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 obviously jumped to this scene and audiences were like, wait, what? Why isn't there anybody there? Why did anybody see this? Does, does that happen in school? <laughs> Do students just get to hang out and lock up when they're done? <laughs> I think like theater kids and stuff, like like the AV club. That's not that uncommon. All right, well, maybe I'm making too big of a deal of it. It wasn't something in my high school experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we were we, we avoided clubs and activities, Jed, so. <laughs> Proud of it. So as a person who was in clubs, nobody ever said, okay, you can lock up the school when you go home, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like you pointed out, though, this is Canadian high school, so maybe it's just. That's true. Right, it is yeah. Canada, it's, it's, yeah. It's yeah. foreign. We've got to roll with it. It's, it's going to be different than our experience. <laughs> oh, it, it's, it used to be you could just leave the school unlocked. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> yeah, uh, so she's she's hanging out after after school, working out some uh, some stuff in the art room. Uh, she's messing with the crown. She pries the gem off of it. Uh, she almost immediately stuff starts out. We have the, the trunk flies open. We get some some lights flickering and dimming and getting brighter. A lot of uh, noises indicating that something spooky is going on. Um, then she gets assaulted. She gets a, a string or cloth or something gets pulled around her neck and she gets pulled back. The cape. It, was it the cape? Okay. It was the cape, yeah. All right. So then we get the uh, the exploding bag of confetti and the, the big, like, Almost chopper. Yeah, you if you you've been in high school, you know what they are. They got the 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 flat wooden or plastic base, and then like the big almost guillotine thing on a lever that you push down to chop big chunks of paper apart. Uh, that falls down on the floor. Um, she is dragged over to the paper chopper, which is conveniently placed perfectly upright. Upright. <laughs> for, she she is dragged underneath it. Her head is in position to have the, the blade dropped on it. You know, everything looks like this is what's going to happen. And then instead of that happening, she just pulled up and hung by a light and then thrown out a window. <laughs> <laughs> Very I, much reads like uh, they started filming that part and they were just like, it's going to cost how much to get ahead? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do we have a harness? <laughs> like, yeah, like they didn't do any research until they'd actually shot the lead up to it and then like, <laughs> All right, where's the prop head? What do you mean there's no prop head? <laughs> Cost how much? <laughs> the hair is how big? <laughs> um, this was like there's some there is some wild stuff in in this movie. This was the one that made me go, what the fuck? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> you set that up perfectly, and now she's well, okay, all right. <laughs> Psych, something something lamer. <laughs> And then after she's dead, let's throw her out the window. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then school as usual the next day. Mm-hmm. It was just a tragic suicide because of because of horror movies and rock and roll as the priest is like looking down the barrel at the camera. <laughs> right. And they, the kids are walking into class past the the coroners in the body bag. <laughs> yeah, we we get the return of like my favorite trope from Scream, just the. Uh, Kelly the next day just be like, looks like one less hopeful for prom queen. 
But, and, oh, Vicky, Vicky uh, goes after her. And oh, yeah. Angry, and, like, I really appreciated that. <laughs> he gives her a huge slap upside the face and says, shut your fucking mouth, bitch. That was awesome. I cheered for that. <laughs> yeah, which, like, I, I, at this point, we kind of, we're starting to see that there's, like, evidence that Mary Lou's starting to, like, target her and, like, try to possess her. Uh, All right. and it, that's supposed to be, like, our first clue is that she does this, but it's like, no, she should have done that. <laughs> yeah, that was completely legit. Like, but why? Why was she targeting Vicky? Vicky, Vicky opened the chest, man, and she's a she's a front runner for prom queen, which that's that's okay. Mary Lou's motive. All right, all right, that that does make sense. It just seemed like it kind of came out of nowhere because she gives so little shit about being prom queen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think. I don't want to talk too much about like how this movie works like on a psychological level because I think it's it's a it's a goofy fun movie but it, it does have the sort of Mary Lou as the person possessing Vicky this very reserved conservative buttoned up girl mm-hmm. getting possessed by this like very explicitly sexual and uh, you know in, in assertive and right. knows what she wants Mary Lou it's it's a it's it, it can definitely be read as, you know, a, a fairly empowering in some ways that this, this slasher movie is kind of doing that. And this possession movie is like unlocking Vicky in that way. Sure. I, <laughs> I don't I'm I feel like you're giving a lot of credit where they don't actually put the work in. <laughs> so much. Like, I can see that that's what they're going Hi. for, but I don't know that they actually do any of that stuff. <laughs> I think a lot of it's in the performance. Cause I, I think that, that um, Wendy Lyon does. Yeah. She's probably too old for the role. Um, but she really sells this possession. She, she goes from Vicky to Mary Lou pretty convincingly, I think, especially for like the budget and for like the other limitations this movie has. Yeah. I mean, sure. When, when it actually happens, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, but she, we're we're starting to see a little bit more. They're one of the the there's the cafeteria of the damned. Yeah, a, a couple <laughs> of weird hallucinations pop up here. She's yeah, she starts to kind of see visions in the school of like a kind of hellish version of the school of and very fifties. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know if there was that many like greasers in hell to populate this vision for her. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all greasers go to hell. Like, <laughs> but there's like the the raspberry Kool-Aid and the, like, the Fonzie ghost, hey, Mary Lou. <laughs> Pinning her up against the locker. Um, yeah, these, these visions, um, outside of being like visually interesting, I don't know. They didn't. They didn't do a whole lot for me. I don't think these first couple do. I, I I will go to bat for the one later on with the chalkboard, though. I think that one's fun. Oh no, yeah, that's <laughs> that. Around that time was when I kind of looked back and kind of said, "There's, there are, you know, for how dull I said the camera work and stuff was early on, there are a lot of really interesting visual ideas that um, are put forth in this movie. Like, um, there's the scene in the gym where the volleyball nets turn into spider webs. Yeah, and. and uh, uh, there's a scene in her bedroom where she has uh, the hands come out of the mirror and the the sketch pad where she's drawing a self-portrait. You know, she it turns puts into Mary away Lou. Her, 
Mary Lou. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's the the chalkboard, like you said, was really interesting. One of the things that I really liked was the nice little touch of after she's pulled into the chalkboard and you kind of have like the swirling vortex effect on it, that the the letters that were written on the chalkboard were still kind of swirled around when everything yeah. down like alphabet soup. <laughs> which it's, i think i think is something awesome. that shows that someone was paying attention and and really had kind of a a vision for what they wanted it to look like and they, i think they executed really well yeah the uh we'll get into maybe the most distinct thing that takes place in her room maybe in a little bit the 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 her full-size rocking horse <laughs> it's, it's creepy it's very creepy I mean, it's just creepy that, like, a senior in high school would own this <laughs> in her bedroom, but... Yes, um, I mean, it's, yes it's, it's a really weird prop, but at the same time, consider the, the type of character they were making her out to be. Yes, um, very horse girl. <laughs> it seems very much like uh, this is something that her mother wants her still to be a little girl, so she still has this thing in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think she had a lot of input in the decoration going on in there. Which one little detail that I love with with their dinner scene here as she's starting to get possessed is that they just they go to dinner with like an entire jug of milk (laughs) at the ready. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds really silly, but my aunt and uncle go through like four jugs of milk a week. So (laughs) I I, like my jaw dropped when I learned that. (laughs) Who drinks that much milk? (laughs) Um. Uh, I mean, there's some other decent stuff here. I mean, a lot of this is just some of these, the, the 80s fashion stuff. There's a scene between, like, Josh and Monica where they're going to start to, like, go to the prom. And just, this outfit that Josh is wearing, it's, like, orange corduroy pants, a Hawaiian shirt, and a tweed jacket. And I'm just like, man, that's a, you got, I mean, next to Jess, you'd look, like, business casual, but you still got a lot going on, my man. <laughs> he is the he is the comic relief character from an 80s comedy film. Like that's <laughs> he's, he's wacky perfectly. and he's dressed that way. <laughs> I know I know that character. The vi- the visual yes. language coding <laughs> is there. Uh, but there, there's there's a little bit of a background here where we, we there's like the adult subplot that's going on at the same time where the priest is like being becoming convinced that Mary Lou's coming back because that's Bud Cooper and he's got a shrine of Mary Lou at the church, which yeah. boy, that seems like that'd be like against church regulations, right? <laughs> Father Butchin. <laughs> he's played by Jim Carrey and and uh, me, myself, and Irene after the surgery. <laughs> he's got a hell of a chin on. And uh, we haven't touched a lot on. I mean, I've mentioned Michael Ironsides, but. Michael Ironsides is in this movie, and you get a a Michael Ironsides performance in this movie. <laughs> you do, you do. Um, he's not given a lot to do early on, uh, but as the film goes on, he gets more and more involved. He gets he goes from zero to scanners pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's uh there's this whole subplot. I, I think I. I, I just love Craig coming home and seeing his dad just feeding documents into a fire as he's covering up the Mary Lou death. Like, just, Craig's just, just like, a, huh. Just despondent. <laughs> <laughs> got his glasses off. He's pinching his eyebrows together. It's got a lot of, like, Catholic stuff here. It's got that, that priest who's, like, who's trying to exercise Mary Lou's spirit. Dialogue straight from The Exorcist. Uh, yes. Because this... I, this this movie remixes a lot of other movies. I still don't understand what her beef was with this guy. Because he he went to put out the fire and then backed away. 
and then just started pounding the chair and going, why, why? <laughs> like, he didn't do anything. He was a terrified teenager. Yes, right. he did not do anything to save her. <laughs> <laughs> his, his Bible burst into flame. <laughs> um, yeah, but the we you know the, they they've let us know that these are the the stink bomb conspirators. Say. <laughs> 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 Uh, and then uh, one of our first clues that Mary Lou is starting to actually take over Vicky. She she takes starts taking sugar with her coffee. <laughs> oh, it was shocking. Shocking. That stuff will kill you, Josh. <laughs> um, so it's up to this point, Josh has been uh, annoying 80s comedy guy. But this is where he gets also a little uh, capital P problematic. There's 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 two things in this movie that I'd call pretty goddamn problematic. Um, Kelly comes to visit him to try to uh, talk to him about the the computerized prom voting system. <laughs> <laughs> Fla- flashing her loonies, her her funny Canada money at him. <laughs> but but Josh isn't interested in that. He's got a price that he types into his computer, and she she slaps and, him. And, and we <laughs> never find out what that price is. <laughs> Life's a joke, then you crook. <laughs> I guess as somebody who doesn't really care about stuff like prom, just being Kelly seems exhausting to me. <laughs> Every time I see her, I'm just like, you must be so tired like, <laughs> from caring as hard as you do about being the goddamn prom queen. <laughs> about nothing. <laughs> you see, I always find characters like that to... You know, to be kind of like the Energizer Bunny, they just keep going. Yeah. They never, they have an inexhaustible amount of energy, like <laughs> to, to put forward towards something that does not matter in the slightest. We get, we get another slap here too, as uh, the the uh, we get another vision in school where Kelly turns into Mary Lou and says cracking up and gets the <laughs> and Vicky just gives her the old uh, paintbrush. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a good smack right in the middle of the class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've already talked about the blackboard scene, which comes up. I, I do want to point out how much I enjoy this. Uh, this teacher has got the hairstyle that looks like Lucy Van Pelt with a with a comb over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I, I can see it. Um, but now we're getting into the part of the movie where Vicky has become Vicky Lou, um, and she she uh, she actually does her first death. She goes after Father Cooper. I, I, this is a death I like. I, I like this this scene a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's a remix of the confessional scene from the beginning, except she's not there to to tell him about how much she likes many boys many times. <laughs> <laughs> Will you pray for me? Blood. <laughs> Will you fuck me? <laughs> and then she Hulk smashes her way through the wall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I one of my favorite lines in this movie though is like, "There's no heaven, and you know what pissed me off the most? No fucking wings." <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't really get into her infatuation with uh, BW3s in this movie <laughs> until now. <laughs> we don't we don't exactly see what happens to to Bud until until later in the movie. Yeah. Um, so now Mary, now Mary Lou is fully taken over and the soundtrack changes and she's wearing the 50s clothes, which as far as retro goes, like the 80s look versus the 50s look, like 
sorry, 50s, 50s look kind of wins here. <laughs> she looks yeah, good. I thought she looked great. I know the one friend said, just wait to see what she's wearing. I'm like, she looks great. <laughs> she looks fine. There's nothing wrong with what she's She doesn't wearing. look crazy. Look at yourself. Everybody's <laughs> dragging her. Everybody in this movie is like fashion, crime, Linda Blairsville. <laughs> um. I, I do love like the the out of nowhere the teacher who's been in the movie before, but it's now that she's Mary Lou is like a perv, which has never like been established. <laughs> right? Yeah, she's like she's touching her butt and stuff <laughs> before she uh, uses her powers to set his dick on fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was a light a light scalding at best. <laughs> I would have I would have been behind a full on hot dog roast, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's not not a death scene, but we get. I'm sorry, favorite favorite death scene, maybe like top ten of all time for me coming up next with Monica. Uh, with on the locker room. Oh yeah. Oh, there, yeah, oh there's, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a lot going on in this locker room scene, and I think a lot of it is really good. <laughs> so there. I know you're gonna say, oh, it's because there's two girls and they're naked in the shower, but no, it's it's not played. Like initially, you think they're gonna go for like the the sexual t- sexual like t- titillation route, but it turns yeah. out to be far more uh, intense and and kind of creepy and scary than that. <laughs> no, that, that's what I love about it. I love yeah. that it's like it is. It feels empowering. It's like it's, it's, it's like it's that is a tricky needle to thread. It's so unsettling to see her stalking her best friend. Like a like a demented T one thousand, except she's just completely nude. <laughs> <laughs> Giving her soft little shower kisses first, little. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, hey, this might just be me be me me being a guy, uh, but like, come on, yeah. let it go a little bit before you start flipping out. <laughs> <laughs> Smooches ain't nothing. I agree. As a girl, she flipped out too quickly. I agree. <laughs> Let's see where this is going. Is she just playing a joke? <laughs> what I what I love is it's not like she goes for like the like the deep French kiss. It's just like a little like kiss on the forehead, Mwah. little kiss on the face, Mwah. like tiny t- tiny little peck on the lips. Mwah. Oh, what? <laughs> no, I think, I think it's, it's fucking weird. It's and it's it it's unsettling weird. how she does it. <laughs> I think I think a lot of this is you know this is something that would pay off more with some better character work leading up to this i think this this works for me like i can see it in my head as a these two are best friends the best friend kind of intuitively or instinctively knows this is not her friend anymore like yeah and there's 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 there is some lead up to that she's uh, there's a whole they get the whole reason mary lou kills her here is because she seems to kind of be onto her she's like you're acting weird you're acting different nobody says swell anymore like throwing right. the, radio, the radio down. So it's, it's, they establish a reason for it. I think they just don't give Monica a lot to do before this. So she's True. not. I, like I said, I, it works. I can understand what they're going for. I, I would have liked to see a little bit more from Monica and, and uh, Vicky beforehand, you know, kind of establishing that relationship a little some, bit. Some over the shirt stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's too much to ask for. <laughs> We got to know where those lines are before we can know they've been crossed. <laughs> um, but I, I really like this chase scene here. Normally I like, I kind of harp on geography in movies, 
But I think with how dreamlike and weird this movie is, like the fact right, that this, you don't really have a sense of this locker room and it's like a maze. seems like a labyrinth. It's, it's mm-hmm. really kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and Monica hides in the locker and you get the, um, what would 100% be playing in the trailer today as like the title card came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vicky singing her sinister version of Little Richard. Tutti mm-hmm. Fruity. Oh, Rudy. <laughs> Tutti Fruity. <laughs> Before right. she turns and faces Monica in the locker and gives the wop, bop, a loo, bop, a bop, bam. And the lockers smash and just Smucker's jelly comes pouring out. Right. And it, it rules. It is so awesome. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't even be like in the trailer today. It wouldn't even be the character singing the song. They would have some indie band signed up. In a way different style. It would be over the entire trailer, not just for this one scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very blue and orange graded throughout Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, this this death scene where she gets crushed in the in the lockers um, is awesome. It's, it is another one that, like, uh, I, again, going back to how did this get made, where they, they really harped on how absurd it was, but I think it, I think it really worked. <laughs> I think it worked, too. <laughs> It was yeah, it, super it gross, was. but okay. I don't want to drag how did this get made, but like, yeah. I really like watching this after hearing them talk about how, like, kind of rip it apart a little bit. I, I thought this movie was far better put together than I would have expected. Well, like, you know, I, just I, listen I, to that show. Yeah, I, I don't want to just be the talking about the <laughs> how did this get made, but I, I also want to reference too that they, um, that one I think they had. Was it Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron? I know Charlize Theron. Um, and she was talking about, like, give Wendy Lyon my Oscar. <laughs> she is so, like, she sells it so well. Like, it, that's right. a hard thing to do. Like, and, and she makes it work. It's, uh, like, yeah, I, I love the button. She, like, walks out and puts the, like, the, the, the out of order sign is hanging yeah. on the, on the. This, this scene in particular is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the performance is very impressive. <laughs> I think it's a it was it's a difficult thing yeah. to pull off because you you wouldn't expect the nudity to be played for like like chills like creep creepy atmosphere it, it would be a titillation thing today I think yeah it's it kind of starts but other movies of the time yeah. certainly it kind of starts that way too because it's at first it's just them talking naked and, and you just like they're just kind of almost naked for no reason yeah. and then it like kind of turns <laughs> like, but um. We get to problematic part number two, uh, where uh, she starts making out with 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 Craig and the in like the, I guess just the the fuck bed in the back of the like theater department. I don't. There's somewhere in the school that's got a bed. I don't know exactly where they are. But, um, wait, wait. Oh, we missed we missed something that we have to talk about. What? what what's which that? I think is the is fuck horse? The, we'll get to the fuck horse, which. I, maybe they cut out some stuff in my movie, but there wasn't really a fuck horse, Josh. Let's oh, with that with that tongue, with the way she's riding it. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think you're overselling. What I want to get into is uh the the director that... said that the adjective he wanted to convey with the horse was lascivious. Oh, <laughs> you want to throw director quotes at me? Fine. <laughs> This is the advantage I have doing all this research. <laughs> but what I really want to talk about, notes. and I What's think that? Lisa will back me up on this, is that we have to talk about the the 
best supporting role by a boom mic. Oh, in yes. This movie. oh yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> there is a, there is a scene with we're talking about the uh the principal and the and the priest before yes. or, or yeah uh it was bef- before bud dies there the is principal a, and the priest and the boom mic <laughs> <laughs> they, they talk about their crimes and their whole time they're talking about their conspiracy there is a boom mic <laughs> very present, very uh, visibly in, in the scene <laughs> Part of me wonders. I don't. I don't know if that's the case on this movie, but I know some movies they uh, they transfer the um, the aspect ratio, and it's right. not meant to be in that aspect ratio. And there's actually extra material in the film. I know that the, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when they started streaming that, they changed the TV aspect ratio to like fill letterbox, yeah. and uh, it, it it exposed like a bunch of like Right, it, it breaks pads and he jumps out of scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I hope that that is the case I here. So. Yeah, but it's it very it's very noticeable. <laughs> yeah, you. This is not something that you would like. It, oh, this slipped by somebody. This it's a prominent part in the scene, and it's like dead center on the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we get this scene where basically uh, Vicky Lou is trying to ride up on on craig because she she thinks he's so dreamy and cool uh when he expresses any like moment of hesitation and, and what's going on with you we get the are you turning into the f slur craig <laughs> don't you wanna fuck me <laughs> yeah. i this is one of those things where it, there it is... very much feels like a product of the time and, yes. and i think also being written by a gay man is sort of like I don't want to say that that was his, in, like, whatever, but. I feel like you cannot uh, defend it as being something that should be said. The only defense I could make for it is that it is appropriate in the setting that it is said and the time period that the movie was made. Yeah, and it's also a character, like, from the 50s. <laughs> right, that's, that's what I mean where it's used is appropriate. Like I don't, it's not a good word. You shouldn't say yeah. the word. Like, but if you're going to say the word, <laughs> this is ooh, it's slippery. I gotta watch I, myself here. But I, I think there, sort of, this is the sort of scenario yeah. where it could be said and be, yeah. you know, kind of acceptable. But I, I think this scene does have a couple really awesome things going for it. One is the, uh, the lift shot where she's on the ground and she picks him up by the throat and stands straight up with him yeah. and slams him. That's, that's cool. <laughs> and it was, it was well done. Um, and then my favorite, just out of nowhere visual in this movie is dad's starting to like freak out. Cause he's trying to, he's starting to figure out Mary Lou's back. Um, and he sees a vision of Mary Lou and Craig in the back of the car. And Mary Lou is apparently just, pegging the hell out of his son <laughs> she's like full on behind him and he's just got an o face and dad's like no! oh. I, I didn't read that as an o face as more of a please help me dad <laughs> but yes there's there's no doubt that that's what's happening in that scene <laughs> we get that this this is when when michael iron starts sides start to go full scanners when he's just sweating and shaking his hands and mouth agape like, oh! Do you think that that scene, that uh, that hallucination inspired Titanic in any capacity? <laughs> Draw me like one of your prom girls. 
Um, I, 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 I love both of our lead performances here. I, I love both versions of Mary Lou. Wendy Lyon is awesome. And then uh, Lisa Schrag, when she goes like full on Mary Lou mm-hmm. here and burst out of her, I think is, is pretty tremendous too. Which is a really incredible <laughs> visual again. Yeah. But we got one more scene with dad. <laughs> where yeah, basically I, gets love, I love what his solution to this problem is. <laughs> well, well there's, he, he, she comes into his office and like does the power walk up to him, like over his desk and straddles him. Yeah, before, right the, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and then walks away like Craig's so cool. What did he want to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of empowering stuff in here. Yeah, yeah, she like t- takes such ownership here, and we get her starting to deploy the see you later alligator, which again, prom night, uh, do the Bartman or prom night, uh, uh, little miss can't be wrong. I think the catchphrase <laughs> would be. We's in the juice. <laughs> <laughs> You're reaching. Um, but it Although is, Polly it is... Shore would be fine in the Brock Simpson role. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you don't want this to be the, the comeback for Polly Shore where he plays the principal? <laughs> This could be Encino Man too. Hello, Mary Lou. <laughs> I would but, watch that. <laughs> uh, we we get another pretty uh, intense scene here. It's it's prom night and Vicky Lou's at home. She's you know riding her horse in her prom dress as you do. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Before dad dad comes in, and starts talking about how uh, he had to save up at his first job and uh, hopefully you didn't think you'd opened up like a the wrong Pornhub window. <laughs> Um, no, this, yeah. <laughs> because this dad one. gets kissed by Vicky Lou and is immediately into it. <laughs> oh my God, he, he see, he definitely didn't push away as quickly as he should have. I don't know that he seemed as much into it as like I don't know what to do with this, but what you do with it is push your daughter off of your mouth. Yes. <laughs> that should be instinctual. <laughs> but like, I mean, mom comes in and is just like ahem. why wasn't i informed that this was going on up here (laughs) yeah she's not that upset she acted like they were no she was upset i mean but she called her daughter like a jezebel in a harlot (laughs) or she gets a telekinesis out the window (laughs) out the 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 door yeah and then yeah well she she told mary uh, vicky lou that she's not going to promise Kind of over her dead body sort of thing. and said, uh, what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> she found that proposition acceptable. <laughs> um, I, I do appreciate that, like, Craig spends, like, most of the late second act and early third act of this movie first getting knocked the fuck out by Mary Lou, and then he wakes up and his dad starts talking to him, and then he's like, I need to help Mary Lou, and his dad just knocks the fuck out. Conversation, because he wakes up, he's like, I gotta go help Mary Lou. Dad, I'm an old man, I gotta live my own life, you can't be doing anything for me. Now where are my shoes? (laughs) (laughs) And you just see Michael Irons, I'm like, (sighs) gives him the old J.J. Knock you out with your own shoes, son. Who throws a shoe? <laughs> and like the softest shoe ever. He hits him with that. And I'm like, that's, he hit him with an ice cream cone. That's nothing. So uh, dad goes to the, to the graveyard, digs up Mary Lou. Cause he wants to make sure finds, finds Bud's body in her grave. Gets like a tender moment with his friend here. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, where he conveniently puts his hands all over the murder weapon and the corpse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that they, that Craig calls and gets the message from Mary Lou because I, I love that she took time to do like a couple messages, did like a fun one, like right. If, I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna do it, you gotta go all the way. She's here to stay. <laughs> the um, so Michael Ironsides now goes to the prom with with a with a gun because he knows that Mary Lou is on the loose, and I think I think we found Fox News's new hero, armed principal. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good guy with a gun, Josh. <laughs> This is what happens when you get a good guy and a gun with a gun in a situation like this. I also like too that he didn't, you know, rush to the prom. He really took his time and got dressed to look nice, <laughs> so that he could go to prom and deal with well, he's, things. He's the principal. He's got an image to uphold. <laughs> an image which apparently a also lot. entails murdering a child at school. Yeah. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Although, although is it is this a case of double jeopardy where you can't get tried? <laughs> Your Honor, he was on the same catwalk. It's, it's um, we 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 get our other kind of problematic scene where Kelly takes up Josh on his offer, uh, goes and joins him for some Labatt's blue ribbon in the uh, in the AV lounge and like all, all her, American high schoolers have <laughs> brings brings her breath mint or breath spray with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Josh has got to change the vote the vote and as he changes the votes, Mary Lou senses the great disturbance in the force as if a million prom votes <laughs> all cried out at once and were suddenly silenced. She does kind of uh kind of Star Wars here a little bit. <laughs> and then we get the wrong dead wrong as it gets changed to Kelly and she goes in for a Palpatine on him. <laughs> Which I normally don't like these kind of deaths where it's just sort of like I love cartoon electricity don't get me wrong but <laughs> the the cartoon electricity death usually doesn't have like it doesn't linger as long and I actually kind of like the gore effects at the end of this right like, they don't they don't normally put as much uh, effort into the actual like the the physical the make uh, the practical effects side yeah. to, to kind of go along with the special effects <laughs> I think they do a good job here kind of you see his face pretty much melt off yep yeah, yeah, and he's, uh, you know, if, if you had any sympathy, sympathy for him for being the jokester, hopefully that's all gone at this point. Uh, yeah, they killed that with the, uh, with the, <laughs> uh, the proposal there. <laughs> Which uh, we get our cameo by our writer, partial director, as the guy who says to Kelly after she loses the prom vote, "Hey Kelly, how'd you blow it?" <laughs> <laughs> Only I can deliver this line. This is this calls. <laughs> I wrote this with me in mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, then uh, dad dad shoots shoots Vicky and problem solved. Movie over. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh no, Mary Lou emerges. Mary Lou comes bursting out of the body. Her burnt corpse Which slowly is, reconstituting. Oh, yeah. She's we get like a, a an alien moment where you have a chest burster of Mary Lou coming out that of Vicky. Crazy. <laughs> it, it, is, it is awesome. I, I love the effects here. And like they, they, there's a few different versions of her. I kind of like the the first one where she's yeah. completely burnt, she's and I love crispified, and she slowly gets uh, decrispied. Yeah, like the 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 sort of just touch of burn after she kind of mostly reconstitutes. It's a it's a it's a good look. It's a <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. they did a they did a pretty good job with her. Um, they, they do some more really cool stuff here when they have uh, the chase scene where she's um, chasing what's his name. 
Craig. Proper Craig. Yes, I can't. I couldn't remember his name for a second. That is a great and, jump scare. That. Yes, where they have the silhouette in the doorway and she pops up immediately in front of the screen. I thought that was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do have to touch on I, a death. I think is a cool idea. But boy, do I wish it wasn't so anticlimactic. Is the uh, is Kelly getting speared with the with the neon that's oh. been hanging, hanging up? Why did she have to die? <laughs> Not because Kelly and her Spanish number. <laughs> she had too much too much bad stuff happen to her. She got slapped a bunch of times. <laughs> Out of diet Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> she got pierced by that neon. She was it was death by eighties. <laughs> She died from a lethal dose of 80s. I, I think they were trying to go with there, There's a death in the in the omen where like a church spire like breaks and it like impales a priest. Right. That one's really cool. This I think they, again I think it was a limitation of the budget. They were just like yeah she's got to be on the ground and it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. <laughs> Knowing how fragile those light tubes are, I didn't buy the impalement at all. <laughs> there's no way that 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 would shatter and she would inhale it and she'd get sick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Piercing, not so much. The the climax of this movie definitely again gets into like, so what exactly are Mary Lou's powers again? Because like there's she shape shifts between Vicky and and Mary Lou to, to trick Craig. There's like a zombie. Zombie Josh comes back and <laughs> is like going off. Uh, that, I mean, does he really though? I mean, he kind of just falls out of a sarcophagus, which apparently is in the prop room. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really um, have much of an obstacle other than oh look what happened to this guy and then they shut him back in the thing and yeah and then uh the the, the thing that saves the day is that mary lou gets her gets her crown and principal nordum dances with her and the craig has been in the trunk and 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 vicky comes out and our our our, our heroes are both okay then vicky comes out and she she's slimed she She came out of that same hole from poltergeist i don't don't know how she's still alive considering she was riddled with bullets and then torn apart by a ghoul she seems okay though (laughs) Uh aha senior prom (laughs) remember how crazy prom was guys (laughs) um yeah i went to two proms and neither of them were like this i feel (laughs) jit I was saying this movie's kind of a, a little bit of a horror movie remix. Like Ron Oliver's obviously a big horror fan. He did, you know, it's got Exorcist parts in it. It's got uh, Nightmare on Elm Street parts in it. It's got uh, Carrie parts in it. Uh, the the ending is straight up a mix of Carrie and Nightmare on Elm Street's ending. It's. Uh, I was uh, I was really concerned for a minute there that the principal was just gonna get off fucking scot free. <laughs> like, you murdered this girl twice. He and felt then, bad about it. He felt bad he about it. Well, I guess he, he felt bad about it, so that's, you know. That's okay. That counts, then. <laughs> problem solved. He, he's absolved of all his sins. <laughs> uh, but there's the, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street ending where they, they get in the car with Dad, and the, the Hello, Mary Lou by Ricky Nelson comes on, and he's got her ring, and is they're playing their song. And the license plate says Mary Lou. Right, and his his eyes are blue now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's our movie. And this movie, it is a ride. <laughs> it's a ride. It is. Yes. It is a ride. <laughs> um, so I, is there other stuff you guys wanted to dial in on? I, uh, there's a lot to it. I think we covered most of it, though. I, I hit most of the stuff that I kind of jotted down notes on. I think... 
it was just a, it was an exciting visit to the 80s in terms of clothing and hair. In Canada. Canada. <laughs> just with every costume change, I'm like, oh, what? And that. Okay. <laughs> I've seen some pictures of your sister in high school, and I think she would have fit right in. With oh, the she would have fit in right. So <laughs> Again, like the 1991 version, is there like a lot of hammer pants and slap bracelets and <laughs> oh, slap bracelets for sure. Pogs. <laughs> Some hyper color shirts, co- co-ed naked. Yeah, there you go, co-ed, Big, Big Johnson. <laughs> Out of board shorts. <laughs> Want those to come back? <laughs> or oh wait, wait, I I, I got another catchphrase idea. Got any cheese? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That one doesn't work quite as well, I don't think. (laughs) All right. So I I think it's time for us to head up onto the sales floor. Let's uh, see what you guys thought of this. I'll throw throw it over to Lisa at first uh, since her what she thinks doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in terms of this podcast, it doesn't it doesn't get tallied. You, yeah, you yeah. your your job is coming up soon. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you think? You, you, you're buying this movie? You want to actually? It? it was quite fun. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I don't want you to have to watch all the stinkers that I send Jed's way, but I, I'm glad you like this one. Not not very many more stinkers. <laughs> the ones that the, the ones that are are real bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jed, what, what did you think? I, I'm buying this one too. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, again, I came into it with uh, expectations of, uh, you know, being kind of crazy. I, I almost kind of expected. I didn't think this was gonna be as like bad as Cruel Jaws. This was kind of what <laughs> the, I thought. The new the new uh, bar. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is what I thought Cruel Jaws was gonna be, which was like kind of more fun. And yeah. coherent, where Cruel's Jaws was just kind of nonsense. It was it was very much nonsense. nonsense. Yeah. There was some stuff. There's there's stuff in Cruel Jaws that is fun, but I I don't think that overall they they hit it as well as as this one does. As oh, yeah, it's, it's it's a completely different thing. So yeah, I'm 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 glad you like this one more. I was I was kind of I was a little worried. I'll admit, doing kind of another silly one after Cruel Jaws. That I, in, think, in, I think but. knowing you know having seen. Not you know not a ton but a fair amount of, of movies horror movies now that stuff that is in this ballpark um, yeah is more likely to to be a hit with me than <laughs> stuff that's far more like serious in tone yeah I think this one this one the, the comedy is very intentional and it's very uh, it's it's mixed with the scares really well it's it doesn't it, it walks that tightrope pretty well, I, well of balancing those things. I, I was concerned about it, you know. I know I harped on the like the camera work kind of sticking yeah. out, is stodgy early on. I was I was concerned that it wasn't gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah. On. But yeah. Uh, but it really does kind of it kind of gets there around halfway through the movie. Yeah, once you kind of see what it's doing, it's it's I I think works pretty well. Um, it, it, cool. It really is. I mean, I I said it earlier. It's it is. I had no problem following what was going on or understanding, you know what people's motivations were or anything like that it's it's not it's not a like a nonsensical mess it it is there is a story here a a plot that goes through the whole thing and uh, aside from some weirdness here and there um it it all works together it made sense unlike a certain jaws movie (laughs) 
<laughs> didn't watch yeah, it. It's, it's 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 very campy. It's it, but it's it's fun. It, it, it's cohesive. It's got a it's it's a unity of vision thing. I I, I really enjoy yes. that. So, um, so I do want to uh, hand out a crispy here, and there's there's some fun supporting performances in this, and and boy. Michael Ironside's just uh, that that guy, man. Any, anytime he shows up, you know you're you know you're in for something. Whether it's like Total Recall or Starship Troopers, or uh, right. but yeah, he, he has a he has kind of an intensity to him that uh, he kind of brings to every role he's in. <laughs> film. I, is it just me or, or did you feel like um, Vicky's dad almost looked like Jeremy Irons a little bit? I thought we were gonna have a little, oh, oh, Irons oh, oh, and Ironside. <laughs> I had to look several times like it's not though, right? I mean <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I gotta give this to our lead. I think I think she does such a good job establishing Vicky that when she makes the Vicky Lou turn, it's mm-hmm. she it, it's hard to do and she does it. She's got she's got two characters she plays in this movie and she really nails it. It's I, I think I, she's awesome in this movie. <laughs> I would be hard pressed to argue with you there. I think that that's probably the the simplest choice and the best choice. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's not Marf- Mafia Shark Hitman. It's uh, it's the lead. So. Um, you would hope it'd be the lead more often, but yeah, it is. So uh, so uh, I do want to talk a little bit about next time because we are going to do a movie that we had talked about doing. Actually, for this episode, we're going to do the invitation. And I just wanted to, without getting into a ton of detail, maybe we'll touch on it a little bit more in that episode. Just um, yeah, I think we will. Yeah, I it just kind of had some events come up um, in my life that um, made a more intense movie like that a little bit harder to sit through at the time. And I, I, I I've kind of talked in the past how I've I find horror movies, especially like really intense horror movies, to be cathartic in a lot of ways. And I really think they are for me, but I was just I, I was too close to it, and I, I I had called Jed and told him like, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to do this, and it's just it's not yeah. gonna work. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. It's it's. One thing to be cathartic, it's another thing to be right in the middle of the thing that you're trying to get catharsis from. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll touch on that next time. But, yeah, um, this will give people who didn't get a chance to watch it yet a chance to yeah. watch it. Um, yeah. Check it out. It's, it is definitely, without giving away my, my opinion of the movie, it's, it's definitely worth watching. It's, it's a movie that has some, some really powerful things to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to recording on it. Um, but we are actually at the part of the episode where we're going to talk about uh, what we're going to do the time after that, because we got a guest. And it's a time-honored tradition here for us, our, our guests, to wield some power over us. And, uh, we run them through the gauntlet. <laughs> we're going to play a little game with Lisa. Um, I've got four movies. And, um, you know, I love all of these movies, but I think it's worth taking into account maybe the opinions of some people who don't. So I... I looked at some one-star reviews on Amazon and I'm, I'm going to read these off. And then Lisa's going to choose the movie that we're going to do that the time after next based on which she thinks sounds the most interesting of these. Ooh, so, okay. are, are, are you ready to play the game? I'm ready. Okay. So here, here's our first one-star review. I remembered this movie from when it came out. It was such a big deal. Never should have watched it again. The quality <laughs> of movies have certainly improved. This was pathetic by today's standards. <laughs> Not a lot okay. to go on in that one. <laughs> Sounds like uh, several movies I've watched personally. <laughs> uh, bad review number two. 
What the hell is so special about yet another super predictable horror movie full of miserable characters that do mind-numbingly stupid things while running through a series of oh-so-conveniently-timed zombie action movie hurdles? Infantile nonsense. (laughs) That's that's choice number two. Uh, Choice number three. Thought I'd open a DVD I bought over a year ago tore off the shrink wrap, which seemed more like saran wrap, and discovered the clamshell didn't have a disc inside. (laughs) Check your DVDs and Blu-rays is the lesson here, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I love that that one has nothing to do with the movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, number, Number four, our final choice. This ain't The Shining or Polanski, believe you me. Whole lot of jerking into a ceiling fan. Since I'm on a roll, the shape of water stunk too. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Hot takes. That one actually lists movies. <laughs> our, our fate is in your hands. You, you get to choose what uh, what movie we do. Uh, I want to watch Jerking Into a Ceiling Fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I say let's go with number three. Go where they but- didn't even get the movie. <laughs> The, the one with the least amount of info to go Absolutely. on. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I, I, I respect your choice. That's what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, res- I respect it. Um, no idea what it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything, even a boat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to be doing a movie that was directed by somebody who was had a, a bit part in your next. Uh, we are going to do House of the Devil by, by Ty West. From 2008, this is a uh, pretty fun little uh, throwback slow burn movie. So I look forward to talking about it. All right. All right. So do you want to hear what the other what the op- other options were? Yes. So number one, the it was such a big deal. That was actually The Shining. Um, the quality of movies has certainly improved. Pathetic by today's standards. Sure. Um, yeah. That's, that's uh, <laughs> a typical typical response to what's widely considered to be a classic. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, the mind-numbingly stupid things while running through a series of oh conveniently timed zombie slash action, uh, that's Train to Busan. Um, All right. And uh, the this ain't the Shining or Polanski whole lot of jerking into a ceiling fan that would have been Hereditary. So okay. those, are, those are the other <laughs> options you had. <laughs> Hereditary is one I wanted to watch. Well, I, I have a feeling we'll get there. That's something. Uh, no, it's not on the list anymore. She didn't choose it. <laughs> it's deleted forever. Um, all right. Well, I think, Jed, did you have anything you kind of wanted to share that you've been kind of digging? You wanted to do a recommendation or you wanted to go right on into business? No, I'm, I'm wasting my life playing gotcha games on my phone for the most part. (laughs) Wasting your life playing gotcha games. The recommendation this week from Jed Donaldson. I can't, I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, if you have the opportunity to waste your life playing gotcha games on your cell phone, uh, please, please do so. Staring into the middle distance as you overcook your microwave dinner. <laughs> Recommended this week by Jim Donaldson. <laughs> yeah, um, that's just where I'm at in my life, man. <laughs> um, so uh, let's, let's talk about the business side. Uh, you can follow us over at Twitter at Scream Selling. Uh, our Facebook group, uh, reach out to us. We will invite you on in. Uh, get episode updates, so just random dumb memes. Um and uh, reach out to us via email at uh, selling the scream at gmail. Um, 
if you could if, uh, leave us a, a nice review on the podcatcher of your choice, uh, iTunes drives the most traffic. Uh, they do say here that um, if you wanted to leave a bad review, um, you should make like the stink bomb boys and throw it away before the principal comes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that means, but all right, that's uh, that seems. It's it's open to interpretation, good. but that's <laughs> how they get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so join us uh, next time for the invitation, and then after that, we will do House of the Devil once. Yeah, I want to say uh, thank you to uh, yeah. my wife. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. It was great talking with you and and yes. getting to share this slice of insanity with you that I I I think I've watched. Uh, half a dozen times in the past decade, and I'll probably right. continue to watch throughout my life. <laughs> this is absolutely a movie you could watch over and over again. There's, there's a lot of fun stuff in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much. I, I always appreciate getting a, kind of a different point of view on the, the, the stuff that I'm so passionate about. Woman's so. point of view this time. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully, we'll see you around again. You're welcome whenever. Yeah. See something that I'm watching that doesn't turn your stomach. Next time we do like Hannibal Cannibal Holocaust or Solo. (laughs) Josh Josh doesn't turn to now, so. I gotta work. I don't think so. (laughs) All right. Well, well, thank you again, and uh, I guess until next time, we can kind of say bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, thank you.